Welcome to the Sports Pharmacy Network, where we dispense clinical and evidence-based information to optimize health and human performance. My name is Brandon Welch, and I am the co-host of the show. We are back again for our third and final part episode on concussions. I'm here again with my co-host, Dr. Jessica Bill-Stahl. We hope you have enjoyed this three-part series thus far. If you haven't already, I encourage you to listen to the previous series to get a full comprehensive view on concussion management. Today, we are going to discuss, to discuss and highlight the pharmacological options to consider when symptoms have exceeded the expectation, duration, or interfering with the ability to function. Concussion symptoms that are responsive to treatment can include sleep disturbances, headaches, mood disturbances, and post-traumatic seizures and epilepsy. We will also review what evidence-based supplements can help prevent or better manage symptoms of concussions. You'll be amazed and surprised with some of the research we discovered. Lastly, we will look at the emerging and in-development treatment options for concussions. We have a lot to unpack on this episode, so let's dive right into it. Based off of, like, look, some of this to a little degree can be bro science, but I would bank on more of it also being a little bit beneficial. And so we think of like, for example, our omega-3 fatty acids, which is an essential fatty acid um, for the brain or just in general to support cell membrane integrity. And so back to when we were discussing, you know, the cell membrane kind of being that protective layer from any type of collision, um, omega-3 fatty acids, which are comprised of these two fatty acids of EPA and DHA, making sure we try to focus more on that DHA side, which helps support central nervous system uh, functioning. And so with this being fat soluble and it being able to cross the blood brain barrier, um, there has been a little bit of evidence that shows that it can help support um, central nervous system function and um, some of the cognitive impairments that uh, people get from concussions. And EPA, on the EPA side, EPA is more for um, to calm down to calm down inflammation. And so, as you alluded to a little bit earlier, Jess, when you talked about the neuroinflammation that people can get from concussions, this is where the EPA would kind of fall into. And so, roughly anywhere between two to three grams total of a mixture of EPA and DHA, um, you can get this from you know, your food sources. So if you think of like nuts, seeds, um, salmons, oily fish, (laughs) or, you know, you have, you have your capsules, your fish oil capsules. Um, If I can be a little bit precise and and pedantic when it comes to the capsules, making sure that that fish oil is derived from those healthy fish. So salmon, anchovies, herring, um, sardines, no tuna. We no don't tuna. want mercury buildup. Correct. Okay. Cause that you, can add um, to the issue. Yeah. I was going to say, so somebody that's never seen a bottle before you find this information on the back of the label, like you, where would you look if you wanted to know that you were making sure you were getting high quality, um, omegas, um, especially DHA and EPA. How do you, how do you know where, what are you looking for? Like you said, where do you find this on the label? Yeah. So definitely look at the back of the label, the okay. front of the label, I always say the devil's in the details, but the back of the label is going to tell you everything you need to know Okay. down from what are the excipients and some of the binders and fillers that 
that manufacturing company can use. And so, yeah, when you look at the back of the label, make sure, make sure, can't stress this enough. And you know this too, Jess, the serving size. And so it may, say, it may say two grams, <laughs> but it may say two grams serving size four. Yes. <laughs> yes. You got to consume four or five capsules in order to yeah. get that two grams. Yeah. Um, just when we're on omegas, because we, I know you and I both love them and um, something, a lot of people complain about the fishy taste. Do you have any tips um, for helping decrease the amount of fishy taste or is there like a brand that you like or anything like that? Cause I know so that's usually the number one factor people stop taking them. Great, great question. Um, I actually take the Thorn brand, shout out okay. to Thorn. So Thorn has a, um, a liquid, uh, omega three okay. okay. and it's actually flavored with, with orange. Perfect. It totally masses the taste of, of the complaints that people have, which is that fish, that fish, that fish uh, odor or that fish yeah. taste. Or their burping also, fish. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah. Also, it, this, this could be a little bit off the wall, but um, you can even get a bottle of olive oil and uh, pour it on a teaspoon and use that as your source of getting some good, healthy uh, omega threes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I was gonna say the one tip I've, I have never had to do it but I've had people tell me is if you freeze them, freeze it. I heard that too. You freeze them, <laughs> But I will tell you the number one thing is nobody will remember to take them because they're in the freezer. Yeah. So I know so freezing true. can help, but you do have to remember to take them for them to be appropriate or to work actually. So um, <laughs> something else that you may try, but um, so if you're an athlete and you're playing a sport or you're just somebody, this is something you would take all the time. There's so many other benefits besides helping with a concussion with fish oil. This would be something that most people, I probably, we may agree, disagree with me, maybe in one of the top five supplements I recommend and everybody should be on is fish oil just yes. because of our natural diet for most people. And it's essential. And it's essential. So with, with it being an essential nutrient, our body doesn't naturally synthesize it. Correct. We have to get it from food. And realistically, um, the amounts of omega-3 that are in food are not sufficient enough to what we need on a daily basis. And so, yes, it would be one of my top five supplements that I would take on a daily basis without hesitation. Awesome. Shall we move on to the next one that we both, I, this is a, I know it's another household favorite for both of us. Um, the use of creatine. I know most athletes think about creatine and only being for building muscle, helping gain muscle mass. But I know there is tons of data out there on creatine and the use with concussions, the use for stroke patients, any tra traumatic brain injury patients and helping that. So do you want to explain why creatine is so helpful in the pathway of concussions? Yeah. So when we think of that energy crisis that we get yep. from, you know, a concussion where essentially our, our sodium and potassium pump is having to work overtime to help generate ATP, which is an energy molecule to be delivered to the brain. And so essentially, again, our brain's going through this energy crisis. It's starving for energy. And so creatine enables cells to regenerate ATP very quickly and efficiently and mainly creatine monohydrate, which has been the most studied. And so with it being able to generate ATP to kind of simplify science, to deliver it 
to the brain and then also almost serve as an oxygen reservoir too to deliver oxygen rich uh, nutrients to the brain as well. Um, I think that there can be some promise um, to creatine. And then also, Jess, and I don't know if you, you saw this article, is that there was an article published by the American Journal of Psychiatry, I believe, and it showed how creatine was used to help augment um, SSRIs, which we'll get to um, yep. a little bit later, which is a pharmacotherapy class of medications to help with depression. It was shown to help augment um, some of those SSRIs to help with some of those depression symptoms usually in about one to two weeks. Typically, we know with SSRIs, it takes about four to six weeks before you start to see any benefit. So by using creatine in addition with an SSRI medication, it can help with some of those depressive symptoms a lot sooner. Yeah, I, I find that amazing, especially someone suffering from depression, being able to say you may get some relief quicker um, or resolution to some symptoms or improvement that that can be game changing instead of saying it's going to be four to six weeks, one to two weeks, you may start noticing some improvement, I think can make a patient really feel much more confident in that this is going to work and this may help. Um, I feel um, on creatine, two things and they're not related except for by creatine is one dosing. I think we need to talk about. Um, yes. So most people is usually a five gram dose is what a maintenance dose is. But from what I have read, and I don't know if you've read differently, they recommend after a concussion that you may need to bump that up to 10 to 20 grams. Um, for so essentially an loading dose. Yes. Yes. Um, close to a loading dose to help with concussion symptoms. But then on the same thing, um, we're talking about brain health and lacking and inflammation and needing energy. Creatine obviously just came out, they came out with showing it's helpful in COVID long haulers, which may have some similar um, etiology and the fact of inflammation and needing more energy. Um, I'm sure you saw that study. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. And so, yeah, I mean, look, like creatine, I feel like is 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 the un unsung hero for a lot of different physiological benefits that go on in the body outside of what we commonly know it for, which is muscle strength, power, and to build muscle. Um, I will also say too, uh, based off the literature I read, when it comes to creatine for concussions, I think that the window of opportunity is sooner rather than later. And so okay. yes. right after you get a concussion, trying to utilize creatine within maybe that two to three day window range, I think is where you're going to get the best bang for your buck. Agreed. I've, from what I've read, I agree with that statement. The sooner, the better um, to help with that. Um, along the lines of, I know there's a lot more supplements out there that people say that I think for most of us, the data is mixed on a lot of the other supplements. Um, the one that I find maybe creeping in a little bit is magnesium. I, I see like magnesium three and eight um, is probably the next one that might be creeping in with a little more data supporting its use um, with concussions, but stuff like curcumin or turmeric and stuff like that. I just, I haven't seen the data to support the use. Yeah, me neither. The only thing I can think of when it comes to magnesium is, um, you know, with magnesium being responsible for more than 300 biochemical reactions yeah. in the body. I think that its role would mainly would mainly play in the metabolism of energy. 
yeah to the brain again that yeah i think that i agree with that it's just one of those that it's like it's and I, we've seen magnesium helpful in headaches and some of the other symptoms that you may experience with concussions. Yep. And usually most people can't go wrong with taking magnesium. So, but I just haven't seen the concrete data that you see with creatine and you see with omegas right now. No, neither, neither have I. Um, I think it would be more uh, investigational. <laughs> yeah, I agree. More than anything. Yeah, definitely not harmful, but definitely not investigation. So yeah. I think we should probably move to, is there any pharmacological treatments? I know there, I'm going to say this, there's no drugs out there with an indication for concussions. <laughs> so there's right. nothing out there with an approved use of for, to prevent or help with concussions, but there are some that can help with symptoms. So I, we've alluded to one already. So SSRIs, I think it's mm -hmm. something that we really, that is probably the number one you might see. So let's kind of dive into that one. Yeah. And so when it comes to pharmacotherapy, it's always important to note that it's usually indicated when symptoms have exceeded the expected duration Okay. Interfer or it's interfering with the ability for the athlete to function. Okay. And so when we think of like uh, some of those signs and symptoms, again, that, that people can have from concussions, such as, you know, mood disturbances, sleep disturbances, headaches, migraines. And so this is when pharmacotherapy can be used to help mask some of those symptoms. So and it's not like, so we're not talking, we're not starting this in one to three weeks. No. This is going to be, so this, the one to three weeks is rest and time. And yep. some of the other things we've talked about, physical therapy, vestibular, getting your body calm. So this is, we're talking a little longer term. That you're having symptoms that exceed probably a month yes okay. i'd say definitely okay. something that exceeds three to four weeks okay and when we think about building that ecosystem of practitioners to help with the recovery of someone who gets a cushion so we have a psychiatrist we have a sports medicine doctor maybe an athletic trainer um this is where I think the, the clinical sports pharmacist plays an essential role yeah. is because when we think of these mood disturbances, these athletes get, and you know this, just like not all SSRIs are created equally. So right. it's very important to have the knowledge and education on the kinetic profile. And I'll give you an example. And so when we think of an SSRI like, uh, like fluoxetine, also known as Prozac, while it can essentially help tone down some of those mood disturbances, it also has an elevated risk of agitation. And we don't want to keep feeding the beast, right? <laughs> and so, again, we have to look at the kinetic profile. And so based off my research, I know uh, like sertraline, sertraline um, has shown to slightly kind of improve vestibular dysfunction, which is, you know, one of the impairments that people get when it comes to concussions. And so sertraline um, is a pretty safe option. Um, sertraline too is, I think is, is a really good uh, SSRI for adolescents. Yep. Um, I was also reading on uh, one of the newer agents I saw, I think it was Vibrid. Vibrid, yep. Yeah, Vibrid mm -hmm. um, has some good psychomotor skills development that that can help out with um and then uh trentalex okay potentially. I that one. um but it kind of all comes down to really looking at that kinetic profile is because some ssris can again interfere 
with the recovery process. Um, but to play it safe, some of the common ones I've seen is uh, sertraline, um, escitalopram. Um, some of the SSRIs can can cause um, can cause weight gain. Um, you talked about this on one of your your previous shows, just about SSRIs causing an electrolyte imbalance. So making sure it's not one of the SSRIs that are depleting maybe sodium, potassium, or magnesium. Um, so again, it's it's very selective. And you know, also, the other thing on SSRIs that I feel like some people forget, it can affect sleep, which as athletes, yes. we all know that you need sleep for recovery and sleep to quality sleep to help heal. So, you know, looking at that too can also sleep, I feel like is one thing we can't overlook on SSRIs. Like like fluoxetine, that's another good yeah. example. It can mm-hmm. cause it can cause insomnia. Yep. <laughs> yep. So, um, so yeah, it's very it's it's very important. I can't stress enough to make sure that you consider consulting with a clinical sports pharmacist, or who knows, maybe we can be in collaboration with a psychiatrist to figure out what is the best um, mainstay therapy to kind of calm down some of those mood disturbances. Yeah. So we have, you know, sometimes the athletes have have sleep disturbances. Yeah. Like excess sleepiness, difficulty falling asleep. This is where. Um, I think more of the non-pharmacological um, education would come in with some yeah. of the sleep hygiene tips, maybe considering like a melatonin as needed, but yeah. blackout shades, um, try not to consume alcohol, um, making sure Same. 30 minutes before bed, um, you do something that's very relaxing, whether that be yoga, meditation, reading a book, staying away from any type of fried food two or three hours prior to going to sleep, making sure you invest in a very high quality mattress, um, pretty good ambient temperature, I'd say anywhere between 65, 70 degrees. You really want to create a, a sleep sanctuary or an environment that's very relaxing to help calm you down to, uh, to go back to sleep. Yeah. I'd say we can't overlook caffeine and the impacts that caffeine may have. And some people may realize it does take a while to get out of your system. So caffeine working out late can also impact your sleep. So things to be aware of. Um, One that I know I enjoy is morning sunshine that making sure when I first (laughs) wake up is getting outside and getting sun. Mine is with the dog every morning, but um, I enjoy it because I feel like it helps me sleep better and gets just gets me going for the day. So um, I feel like the sleep issues can be, like you said, resolved often or improved with doing just some of the non-pharmacological, a lot of the pharmacological therapy out there. um, Some of it, obviously we know can't be used without exemption if you're a drug tested athlete and others um, are just something that you need to be used short time. They have a high risk of addiction. And so we do have to be conscious of if you go on to pharmacological, that it is just for a period of time. And then there is a test to wean off of it and not something that you're supposed to be on for a long period of time. Absolutely. And and it's even more important too, to make sure, you know, we consult or counsel on some of those medication classes to avoid. So we're on this topic of sleep. So making sure, you know, we avoid those benzos, benz, benzodiazepines and non-benzodiazepine hypnotics that could be commonly prescribed for sleep. 
I think in this particular category, if you have concussions, this can really, again, add to the problem and increase cognitive impairment. And so it's better to play it safe, again, by doing um, sleep hygiene or some of the safer alternative sleep medications uh, that are out there. And then, you know, uh, histamine blockers, mainly first generations, um, those can cause a little bit of cognitive impairment. Um, anti-convulsants, trazodone, which can often be, be prescribed for sleep, um, that can impact the vestibular system. And so just being very cognizant of the medications you utilize and then also the medications that are appropriate to avoid. Yeah. And I think it's important as providers, if you're dealing with an athlete, making sure you ask that question, have you had any concussions recently? I mean, I think it's an important question to ask. And it's important if you're an athlete and listening, it's something to bring to your provider. I may have had a concussion six weeks ago. I'm now having sleep issues. They may not ask that question and you may get a med that is masking symptoms. So something definitely to be brought up either way as a provider dealing with athletes or an athlete going to see a provider. Um, I think the last class that we probably should touch on just because concussions obviously cause headaches. So yep. what do we do for the good old, I still have a headache a couple weeks later. <laughs> <laughs> so we can, you know, there's a class of medication called, uh, called trip dance. Okay. And so um, we can use one of those class of medications. Again, you know, these medications are meant to be used as needed. They're not maintenance. They're essentially considered a rescue. So I think uh, focusing on medications that are in that tryptophan family, and there's a few other new uh, migraine meds that have come to market, but I haven't yep. read enough research on them to kind of speak to its effectiveness uh, when it comes to concussions, but to play it safe, I think the tryptophan family, the tryptophan family, or the triptan family. <laughs> You're thinking about um, Thanksgiving turkey already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the triptan family uh, is the best way to kind of play it safe. Yeah. And those are pretty, I think, well tolerated by most most people. Um, don't see a ton of side effects. So I think it is one of those um, if you are obviously still having headaches, you do need to see a specialist, neurologist, sports, sports med, but that is definitely something you do need to investigate further. So put that out there. So I think this is one that I was like super excited when you sent this, this email to me about a new drug that has shown promise in its clinical trials for helping with concussions. Like how exciting. So I oh, read yeah. the slides and I was like, what? In the world? <laughs> what is a neuro steroid, right? Isn't yep. that, it, it's explain, because this was, steroid. I was like, this is so interesting. I need to know more. <laughs> <laughs> and so I know you mentioned earlier when we were talking about the category of the menstrual cycle and, you know, mm -hmm. the swings of hormones and one of the things that I found interesting is when you talked about how progesterone serves as essentially a molecule to help kind of calm down that neuroinflammation that you get. Yep. Believe it or not, this new drug actually targets a subtype of progesterone in the brain. Don't actually, it's me. called P4. <laughs> <laughs> so 
everything is starting to kind of make sense, right? So yes. it does have neuroprotective effects compared to, you know, the other agents that have been used out there. I think mannitol was once used, which is a, uh, which is a diuretic um, that can help essentially with some of the concussion symptoms. But uh, generally speaking with this new drug, it's called ONP002. Um, it's an intranasal brain drug delivery device. So Which pretty I much think... you have, you know, you, you have a, you have, you have, uh, what do you call it? Um, I don't you have know. A it's like, yeah. You have, have a mouth, like this whole mechanism on yeah. top of being a cool new drug that works on like a progesterone receptor, the actual mechanism of administration is also really intriguing because of the way you inhale it. You pretty much blow the molecule. You have a mouthpiece for the soft palate and you blow the molecule through your nose. And so you yeah. have a piece of the device that's connected to your mouth and the other piece that's connected, obviously, to um, to your nostrils. And you pretty much blow the molecule right into there. And what that does is that essentially uh, bypasses what's called a first pass metabolism. And so you don't get a lot of those systemic effects that you'll see, uh, you know, through your stomach or through through your lungs or esophagus, it goes straight into the blood-brain barrier and it's delivered to where those brain regions essentially are affected. So yeah. I believe it it just finished uh, phase two. Yeah, and that's so what it's I read. Something, it's something worth following over the next few years, you know, when it comes to new drug development. It can take a decade or even more for it to kind of come to market, but at least it passed phase two. Yeah, so showing a little bit of promise. So we and hope I, that it gets passed. I think it's super cool how it allow it kind of pulls everything full circle. Like we can, we've talked about how, what happens during a concussion, and we've talked about the treatments and how the treatments actually affect that. So being able to pull that back to the female menstrual cycle and progesterone and anti-inflammatory yep. is like it's like this. Like this is why I like pharmacy. Yeah, <laughs> right. This is why I, hey, I, I love trying to understand the biochemistry, even though sometimes it could be a little bit high level, but yeah. Um, and I think the one thing that um, we, I, that I, in research of talking about concussions that came up, which I find interesting. And I think this is more, probably more intrigued to like probably the NFL that you might see this is using like the hypotherapy, hypotherapy thermic chamber therapy where you drop the blood temperature or the temperature of your brain ah yeah, yeah. so they had approved a new product i saw that in october uh, last year that they were to help decrease the amount of basically decreases the inflammation occurring in your brain really quickly by decreasing the temperature so it's like a cooling head hat <laughs> so it looks like it shows here clinically effective in cardiology including cardiac arrest and heart attack yep so I just thought that was, I think it's called pro too cool. It was, I was like, Oh, what an interesting name, <laughs> but it's just interesting again, full circle, it deep inflammation, trying to help give the brain the best chance to have the least amount of damage. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, so that wraps up our discussion on concussions. I know that this was information rich, hopefully um, action packed. And again, you know, our overarching goal is to really bring awareness. We are get, we're again, we're not trying to do any fear mongering. 
is because Jess is an athlete, I'm an athlete. And so if anything, we want to keep being big supporters of the profession. Yeah. Now it's always important anything that we talk about in this show, you know, you always consult with your medical provider by before going out there and taking the, these recommendations. While we are essentially healthcare practitioners, um, there are medical providers out there to help kind of validate anything that we are talking about. Any of the studies that we mentioned also in the show will be linked in the show notes below. I appreciate everyone for listening. I hope if you have questions, we'd love to hear them and uh, address them. But I hope you found this super helpful and we look forward to having you on our next one. All right, guys, make sure you like, subscribe, and share if you want to continue to stay educated on the content that we put out on a weekly basis. All right, Jess, good talking. Until Thanks, next time. That was awesome. You ain't ready for greatness. No, you won't, but can't take this. Ain't in the same conversation. Under pressure ain't breaking.